Hey MSA, today's a podcast kind of day, so sit back, relax, and let the voices of the unheard take it away. Assalamualaikum everybody and welcome to our fourth episode of Voices of the Unheard. My name is Faryal as usual and I'll be your host today. Um, today's guest is uh, Maureen Shemi. Assalamualaikum, I'm Maureen. Um, I'm in my final year of social psychology at McMaster. So today's topic will be about generational trauma and balancing our Muslim identity as immigrants or children of immigrants and then how like our culture plays a part in learning and relearning how to fall in love with our religion, even as born Muslims. So Marianne, maybe you can shed some light on this topic to start us off with. Yes, for sure. So the first thing I want to like kind of um, say is that all these like topics are very interconnected. Like for example, um, generational trauma and like regarding like the homeland that our parents might be from or where we might be from um we have to learn that there's a lot of culture ingrained in the way that islam is practiced in many countries around the world and so as immigrants or children of immigrants we have to kind of learn to um draw that line especially here in canada like we have a privilege of learning from so many muslims from so many different walks of life as opposed to just one particular group so i think we have a lot of advantages living here and so i really want to kind of um enunciate how we can balance um our muslim identity while also taking away the positives from our culture yeah um just going off the uh topic of being able to balance our identity living in the west i think it can go two ways you know i think you can completely integrate yourself with the culture of the west or you begin to seek answers about your own identity about your muslim identity living away from um biased opinions so i just feel like um so i'm from pakistan and i think that a lot of people in pakistan they seem to um follow along with what everyone else is doing and i'm just going to refer back to like the first podcast for anyone who watched that one we we kind of like touched on the idea that when there's people around you that look like you and practice like the same religion as you i think you're more inclined to just follow along in what they're doing you know because you think that oh they're like me so they're probably doing the right thing you know so i think over there people just follow in each other's footsteps but living away from home is um i think it provides a different perspective uh you know you're surrounded by people that obviously aren't the same as you some of them are from different cultures some of them are from different religions so you try to hold on to your own identity see now i go back to saying either you hold on to your identity or you completely let it go and you become more westernized and you know it can go one way or the other i believe and you know that's what i mean that's why i think we have an advantage here that we're able to actually use our critical thinking skills as opposed to just following what the crowd's doing so blindly and of course like you know we have we have that advantage living here that um there's this kind of concept of cultural assimilation versus appreciation um when you come here there is a tendency to assimilate and want to be like the crowd but then again you realize that living abroad there's so many different people from different 
walks of life so you can't ever like assimilate completely because there's always going to be people who are still different and so I was writing a paper um, a few months ago and I found an article about how um, there's four different approaches to integration in society um, some identities um, some like um, nationalities and people from those nations they tend to take a more assimilation approach where um, they basically follow the norms and traditions of the host country as opposed to their home country. And then whereas there's other identities, and I think Muslim was actually listed in it, that Muslims are more likely to, you know, balance the two. Like they don't completely um, let go of their Muslim values or the values of their home country. But at the same time, they're able to contribute to Canadian society well. Wow, mashallah, that was so insightful. Um, yeah, see, that's that's literally what I'm saying. Like, either people like you said assimilate completely and ultimately you kind of forget where you came from or what your Muslim identity is or they're able to balance both identities you know I think as born Muslims we have to kind of especially living in the west we have to find our own way with Islam like I'll be honest I was born and raised here and I did not have a strong like Muslim or kind of cultural community around me so I kind of I can almost kind of understand where people who are inclined towards um, more western practices come from just because like it's the pressure around you and it's the community around you and alhamdulillah like when I came into university I started to notice that you know I have the um, advantage of meeting with different crowds as opposed to just the people I'm forced into a classroom with so I think also simultaneously you have to also realize that at the Prophet's time um, there were so many people who weren't Muslim and there were so many people who um, worshipped idols, but that didn't necessarily mean that they weren't good people. Um, and the way that he preached Islam was through his own actions. So I think though we have our own moral compasses as Muslims, um, just because someone else's moral compass may not seem aligned with ours, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no hope for them, you know, change for the better, because maybe they're just looking for that little bit of good company or someone who will guide them sincerely. And the best way that the prophet kind of preached and did his dawah was through his own actions and not treating anyone as less than or um, treating himself as a superior to others. Just because he, um, just because he has some divine knowledge, like he treated everyone equally. Of course, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from, and you're hundred percent right. Like, learning religion is like a slow process. It's something that you have to embrace for yourself. And honestly, same. Growing like I've I've grew up in Canada my entire life, and when I was younger, I used to be so like inspired by um, the whole idea of western um i know what you mean like we're taught to like hold um their holidays and their traditions up on a yes. pedestal um, oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> it comes with like, a holiday yeah that's what i mean like we kind of like we appreciate it like you know like they have like their own culture everything we have our own culture and i actually wrote this down in my notes that in the quran it even mentions that um 49 13 has created you from male and female and made you made you peoples and tribes that you may know one another so it isn't necessarily a bad thing instead like that's where the thing comes with learning to draw the line between assimilating completely but also appreciating their culture because then again like we're, we're given so many opportunities here
Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think it's very different when you're when you're either embracing the Western culture or versus like you're saying, um, appreciating the Western culture. Um, you know, it's funny because just yesterday I was having like a conversation with my aunt and we were talking about um so she was telling me that she was at work one day and I think there was like a Christmas party coming up and she was invited to it and uh someone came up to her and asked her like oh wait are you you're coming to the Christmas party and then she's like yeah am I not supposed to and then um the person was just like oh you know I you're Muslim so I thought that you're not allowed to come to a Christmas party and then she was just she was confused for like a second because again it really comes down to appreciating or embracing it right so she wanted to go just to show like like love for these people and um you know just going there to um appreciate um their culture and you know show kindness whereas they more thought that maybe she was coming to embrace it or something but you know I think it's very important if we're living in a western culture we show appreciation towards these things but again while maintaining our own limits and boundaries exactly that's um that's what I was trying to say that, you know, we don't necessarily have to entirely support their practices because, of course, like it's a different religion, it's a different culture. But at the same time, just like how they would show us respect during our holidays and during our like Eid mm-hmm. or during our month of Ramadan, they show us accommodation. Simultaneously, yeah. like we got to understand, like, you know, where they're coming from. Um, and again, like anyone can be guided to Islam at any point in their lives. Exactly. Oh, and um, I like how you brought up that um, in return, they show us respect for our um, holidays like Eid, Ramadan and whatnot. Um, She was telling me, so going back to my aunt's story, she was telling me that um, on like the first day of Eid, her boss actually sent her flowers for Eid. You know, so kindness goes both ways. You show kindness towards other people, they show kindness towards you. Yeah, of course, exactly. And I think that's also one of the advantages of living in a nation that is a bit more secular because everyone's able to practice their religion without feeling like they're a burden on society or as if they're being discriminated against. Of course, like our nation is not completely perfect. Um, Mm. There's still so many flaws and so much systematic discrimination that goes on. But at the same time, we have to kind of learn to... um, See the good in it, regardless of how tough times may be and how trying times can be at times. Yeah, I agree. Um, for for anyone who's like struggling, trying to understand where to draw the line between Western um, practices and um, maintaining your own identity, um, try to think of ways where you can embrace your um, your holidays, your Islamic holidays, more than these Western holidays. Like, just think about, take Christmas for an example. What do um, what do people do on Christmas? They put up lights, they decorate their houses, they have um, dinner parties and whatnot. They, um, they have a gift exchange. So how different is that from our Eid? We have gift exchanges. Um, you know, parents go around, they give their children EDs. We get gifts, um, our... Um, our relatives, they give us um, a lot of things. We also have dinner parties. And, you know, you can, I what I've seen is that a lot of people on Eid, all they do is maybe just 
clean the house and call it a day <laughs> like okay it's Eid but you know you can go all out go ahead go decorate your house put up as many lights as you want make your house look nice make it look like you're celebrating something you know make your identity known <laughs> and um or even like a another very recent example of valentine's day why is there just one day to show your appreciation and love you know prophet muhammad um peace be upon him he tells us that show love every single day like there's so many hadiths where he mentions that you know you should show love every single day of your life so exactly and i think it goes back to being authentic and living authentically but i know that at times it can be difficult because we take on so many identities whether at work whether as a student whether um in a prayer room like there's all these varying identities and we have to kind of find a middle ground and learn to live more authentically as opposed to having to put on different faces different fronts um depending on who we're interacting with stay authentic you're less likely to feel left out of certain situations because you know that you're going to at least you're consistent in every kind of setting that you're in i agree and it really just comes down to um appreciating other people's identity in turn so that they appreciate your identity as well so i think that provides a great balance between the two and i think it comes a lot from culture though the fact that we're so quick to jump to judgments about others um and this is where i kind of want to touch on generational trauma that you know we come from like our parents um more often than not a lot of people here and a lot of students at mcmaster they are either immigrants themselves or they're first generation um canadians meaning that their parents are immigrants and so it's it gets a bit tricky then to see um how your parents would react to certain situations compared to you and at the same time we have to kind of realize that our parents too they're still learning and adjusting to this new country whereas we have the privilege to kind of learn firsthand as children um growing up around different people from all different walks of life so learning how to differentiate like what our parents went through um especially given the fact that many of our parents may have been in third world countries prior to coming to canada so what they dealt with and the kind of way that they saw religion practice is much more different than how we're able to learn it from a more unbiased perspective if we truly want to mm-hmm. you know just adding on to that honestly sometimes i think that as children of immigrants we may have like a tighter hold on our religion and culture because think about it like we're we're isolated away from like the culture that we come from whether that be pakistan or anywhere else you know and um I think being alone develops some sort of curiosity and I think this gives us an advantage because this curiosity leads us to trying to understand the world by ourselves and understanding how the world works and with that understanding the Islamic principles and values to its like literal core that will help us eventually end this generational trauma like I feel like we seek more answers than maybe our parents did at our age like sometimes i have these like conversations with my mom too and i'm like did you ever think as much as i do when you were my age and she was like no <laughs> like i was nothing like you exactly. and I, it, it comes down to the critical thinking skills that we have here because we're used to seeing people from all different walks of life we're used to seeing people from different cultures eating different food practicing different rituals different practices um having different family dynamics family structures 
So we're, we've grown to, uh, to ask questions and also kind of make excuses for others, which is something that we should be doing in Islam too, like making excuses for others, um, because ultimately Allah knows what's in everyone's heart. Whereas back home, because everyone's kind of practicing a similar sort of, um, similar sort of form of religion, um, you see someone who's doing something odd, you're going to jump to a judgment. Whereas here, we kind of understand that everyone is at their own, is at their own um, kind of pace with falling in love with religion. Um, people have different things going on at home. People have different family dynamics, family structures, um, different ways in which they were taught religion too. Or some people may not have been taught it in its actuality at all. So we understand just that understanding that, you know, everyone is at their own timeline. Um, I think that'll go very far in how we're able to critically understand religion and um, fall in love with it on our own, as opposed to um, having it forced onto us. It's so funny that you bring up the idea of having it forced on us. And I really think that this is what happened. Um, well, this is what happened with like the previous generations is that they all lived together in their own country again like going back to the idea of like everyone looking the same so you're just going to follow along with what everyone else around you is doing because that's all you know you know you don't, is, yeah. yeah you don't want to like I guess you believe that if they're doing it it's probably right because they're like me they they're from the same culture they're from the same religion so simultaneously I don't think it's a bad thing though just because we want to fit in. We have that need to find people who are like us. That's why when we come to Canada or even when we travel abroad, like we look for cuisines that are similar to what we're used to eating. We look for people mm -hmm. who look similar to us. Um, we look for different Muslims. Um, I think in Canada here, we see it more broadly as just Muslims because it can be a bit more difficult to find people who are just of your exact identity. So we kind of mm -hmm. broaden it up a bit, like who else is Muslim? Who can I kind of relate to? Who can I connect with? Because we have that need to fit in. We have that need to socialize with those who we can kind of be ourselves around. So I feel like back home where you have that kind of sense of um, inclusion where, you know, people are just like you, people speak the same language as you, um, everything's halal, you can eat as you please. I think it really gives you like a fulfilling um, sense just because you're able to be your most kind of authentic self but then when you come here and you're introduced to people from so many different walks of life it can be a sense of culture shock because you're like what is going on around me like I'm not used to this there's no one like me um, but with time and I think that's the advantage we have of being born here even if our parents are immigrants the advantage we have of being born here is that um we're used to it like we don't feel odd when we're the only one who looks kind of different in the room wow I love that and you know you know what I really believe is the difference is that when you're living with like living back home with the people around you that are you know just like you um you know with that sense of uh, familiarity um like I said you you hop in with what everyone else is doing together but when you're isolated away I feel like you find your own stand in religion like where where do you stand and once you once you feel more fulfilled I guess in a sense and you know um 
you've kind of like discovered religion for yourself when you're back home you you grasp on to an identity that everyone is um following together more of like a collective identity right but when you're here and like you said you're surrounded by a um a diverse group of people you develop your own individual identity and i think it's that individual identity that you bring with you to um to places where um you're going to meet people just like you so maybe like you know you develop your own muslim identity and then you bring that with you to contribute as um to contribute with everyone else and develop another sense of collective identity like you're already you're strong within but you bring that with you and you share it with everyone else if that makes sense <laughs> no that makes sense like completely and you know you just got me thinking like even because i i've been kind of looking into collectivist versus individualistic um dynamics and i feel like islam provides a very unique insight into this like we look at our um eastern nations like in the middle east and south asia um any kind of muslim society we see that it is a lot more collectivist that everyone kind of has a joint identity but at the same time um it's important even in islam like we're taught to wish, like wish for our brother what we would wish for ourselves um be kind to our neighbors um kind of preach islam through our actions and treat others well so it has that promotion of collectivism where you respect others where you work together um you collaborate but simultaneously um this kind of advantage that we have living here of accentuating our individualistic identity by thinking critically um it's also emphasized in islam i believe just because when we are praying we aren't praying for like we aren't praying for others we're praying for allah we're praying for his guidance yes it might be for our worldly affairs yes we might be making dua for someone else but it's for our soul and i think that's a very very unique kind of sense of individualistic um or individualism that we get from islam that we are able to kind of ask for ourselves what we wish what we want um as opposed to kind of just following the herd and not um using our critical thinking skills to truly kind of self discipline ourselves and you know um work towards our potential i completely oh my god while you were talking something else just popped into my head about um individual identity you you didn't come to this world as a herd of people you came to this world alone and you were eventually going to die alone as well you were going to be all alone in your grave and at the end it's going to be your deeds that are going to be looked at but so, that too it's based mm-hmm. on like the reward that we will get is based on how we treat others so we can't just entirely live for ourselves in this life because that's selfish you know um mm-hmm. if we're doing well but then someone in our family or like maybe um our parents back home or someone isn't doing well um you know it's just kind of selfish in that way you know you can't just live mm-hmm. entirely for yourself um you have to treat others well you have to wish for others what you'd want for yourself like if you see something nice if you're having a good meal you might think you know like there's someone on the other side of the of the world who might not have this kind of meal or someone even in the next community or someone in the next street who might not have the ability to get the kind of meal that you're eating so i think 
it's so important to learn that balance that yes, um, and I think that's why even our five prayers a day, they really ground us into um, understand, like detaching our um, desires from this like worldly life, from this dunya, because it's so temporary, like wish for others well, um, spend in charity, all the pillars of Islam, like they kind of just keep like ringing back as reminders every single day, you know, like we practice in it once, like a full month of the year, it's dedicated to fasting, feeling for the poor, um, restricting your desires, just because it's so temporary, like we could leave this world tomorrow. So just treat others well, leave a legacy behind. Yeah. And no, no, you were completely right. And when I say that at the end of the day, it's your deeds that are going to count. Obviously, like these deeds are based around how you interacted with people, how you interacted with this world, the charity you gave, you know, like, yeah, at the end, it's just going to be you and, you know, you you being judged um, by Allah. But, but it's like you said, like this collective identity comes in the form of connect. We aren't just, we aren't just Muslims. Like we aren't just like individual Muslims. We're part of a greater ummah. Like that is a sense of unity too. That is a collective sense of identity that we have. It's a huge advantage that we have, that we have an identity. And I think then Islam kind of were told that human desire for social interaction, that human desire to kind of be around people. And I know that, um, you know, like we we all get tested. We go go through our personal trials. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all afflicted with different things at different times of our life. But staying connected with other people who may share your same faith or may share just any similar identity to you, it's so important because it truly shows that you aren't ever alone. And even if you do feel alone, then Allah's with you. Like, mm-hmm. even if this dunya kind of leaves you, Allah's still yeah. there with you. And, you know, like this dunya is just a journey of a few days. So um, it's really, really important to understand that while you want to serve others, you aren't living you aren't living for others. You are living here because it's a means for a greater reward. This like this life is a journey of a few days. You're living here to kind of claim a greater reward. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. You know, you build your own foundation. That's where your individual identity comes in. You build your own foundation. You understand Islam for yourself. You see, um, you seek what's right and wrong. And then from there, you spread that goodness with everyone around you. You work together as an ummah to reach your ultimate goal. So, you know, um, the charity you gave or or the people that you interacted with in like the most generous way, or even going back to like the beginning of our conversation, understanding other people's um, cultures and showing appreciation for it. And, you know, not thinking of yourself as superior. These are such important things and values that I feel like we, once we develop our foundation, we're able to contribute and um, play, play a better role in society by integrating the world and also understanding our deen at the same time. And I think once you find like a perfect balance, you're able to, um, you're able to balance both sides together right and that's why I don't think culture either is inherently bad like I know a lot of people they jump to speaking completely against culture but it depends on how you see it it depends on if you can balance yourself if you can self-regulate yourself if you can understand the benefits within your culture that it gives like the beauty of it um 
the sense of unity that it provides, the way that it's able mm -hmm. to connect so many people, um, the traditions, just understand, you, you kind of have to understand for yourself what, um, what constitutes as religion and what is completely cultural. You have to kind yeah. of draw that fine line. And I think that's also another advantage that we have living here um, compared to our parents, um, that we're able to understand and differentiate religion from culture, which is so important. Um, there's a lot of cultural practices that may completely go against um, what our deen teaches us about, what Islam teaches us about. And this kind of goes back to generational trauma because our parents in their generation, they literally do not know any better. They learned what they were taught in that society. And then when they come here, they're able to learn from other perspectives, other points of view. And I guess it also comes down to um, factors like socioeconomic status, because of course, people who have more resources and um, the ability to learn more will take that upon themselves. But if you're just um, living back home and you're following the crowd, you aren't able to critically think. Um, and if we look at it, like a lot of the, like if you look at the Indian subcontinent, for example, it was previously colonized. They were forced into all these um, new kind of hierarchies, like to hold um, Western nations kind of up on a pedestal because they were colonized. They were taught um, different norms, different traditions. So it's just so important to think about that critically now that you live here as opposed to just what you were taught. And if we look at it, what is the essence of Islam? The very first word revealed was ikra, to learn, to read, to educate yourself. Don't jump to such harsh judgments right away and learn to think critically. Keep educating yourself, not just based on what you were taught from your family. And it's so important, of course, to always respect your family, but also learn to think critically. Um, branch out from that, learn where other people are coming from, learn their standpoints. Maybe you might see someone who's not practicing Islam properly, but try to understand why, try and understand maybe um, where they're coming from, because maybe the thing that they need is a friend or someone who will guide them properly, someone who has good intentions for them. You know, by no means is this like we're bashing culture here. It's more of, you know, culture is so beautiful and it adds so much it adds like vibrancy to your life. What would you do without culture? It adds on to your identity. Obviously, like you said, so, uh, some aspects of culture, they're so beautiful. But again, there's other parts of culture that are just being passed down from generation to generation, which have really no ties with like our religion. You can think of gossiping, for example. It's a huge thing. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. You, even here, people do it, but I feel like here, at least people are more understanding because everyone's kind of practicing a different form of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But back home, gossiping is huge. And look at the spin for backbiting. You're literally eating the other person's flesh. That's how bad it is. But it's become such a, a, a custom kind of norm. Like if you see someone who may have a different complexion, who may, it's and it's always on very, very shallow things where people will jump to gossip. If you see them talking to someone, if you see them dressed a certain way, if you see them um, just, it's the most shallow things. If you see like, it could be like overweight, over appearance, it could be over anything. And it's so bad. And it's such a kind of, a custom thing in our culture where you'll jump to kind of gossiping over tea over whatever um and that's where kind of we have to learn that religion gives us a moral compass in these kinds of matters that we understand that we aren't supposed to be talking bad about anyone else we we're just supposed to 
wish well on others. It's a very altruistic way of thinking. Of course. And aside from gossiping, even like the example of um, how like certain brown marriages are done, like a lot of them are forced on people. And that goes against so much in Islam. In a way, that's kind of... um, and they'll they'll take they'll like pick and choose parts of religion that favor what they want to preach we can even look at you know like governments in the middle east and central asia and southern asia um how they pick and choose kind of pieces of religion that benefit them to remain in power even in family dynamics we can see this like they pick and choose pieces of religion that benefits them instead of learning it entirely um recently like I like I read the Quran once in English because I'm not a native Arabic speaker so I don't actually understand what it means and so I think one kind of huge takeaway from this episode that people should um, kind of focus on is understanding the Quran and what it entails once you understand that you will be able to employ that critical lens when you're when you when culture kind of confuses you when there's things in culture that don't make sense to you even when there's things around you that don't make sense to you you'll be able to have that kind of moral compass that guides you you'll be able to understand you know you aren't supposed to do this and why like there's beautiful reasoning behind it all I feel like as kids we're kind of just taught things without actually understanding why but I feel like reading the Quran in English and um, understanding it really opens you up to learning the kind of divine reasoning behind why certain things aren't allowed and also kind of its beneficial nature. Oh my God, Mary, I love that so much. Like I can't tell you like the moment you said, read the Quran, even if you can't understand Arabic, read it in English and understand it for yourself. What does it tell you? You know, um, I once read this that literally the Quran is like the guide to your life. Like that's what it came down as. So read it and understand it and seek what's right and wrong. And again, obviously, like don't disrespect your parents' opinions. No, no, no. We're not telling you to do that. We're just, we want to understand what the Quran has written for us and implement these changes in our lives, obviously for like the generations to come. Don't pass down this generational trauma. You know, we're, we're at such a great time. Like this generation, alhamdulillah, um, living in the West, combining everything we've talked about today, we're able to learn from our elders' mistakes. We're able to learn from these previous generations and we know what went wrong and where it went wrong. And now that if we can seek just a bit more Islamic knowledge and if we can understand the Quran for ourselves, we'll be able to maintain healthier relationships in our futures, whether that's with your children, with your spouses, with your family members, whoever it is. And we can pass down a better, you know, we can pass down a better future now and end this generational trauma once and for all. Exactly. Like I've had friends even here who had religion kind of forced onto them when they were growing up. And like, Of course, like may Allah grant hidayah to everyone and guidance to everyone. But we have to learn that um, you can't, you have to learn to balance your Muslim identity with everything that's going on around you. Um, Our parents 
And the way that our parents were raised, they were raised for a time that isn't today. Um, they were raised in a different society. And um, the way they were raised is might have might have been similar to the way that they raised us because they simply did not know any better. And it isn't a reason to be upset at them. It isn't a reason to kind of argue with them. But I think it's more reason for us to educate ourselves so that we become better. And we are so privileged living here that, you know, we understand. So we understand English. We can um, um, we can communicate effectively. We can communicate with people from different walks of life. Um, we have the advantage to think more critically. And at the same time, like we'll probably end up finding middle ground with our parents. Like there's so many things that, you know, my parents might've been taught about religion, but um, ever since I started learning more about Islam myself, we're kind of able to find out that, you know, like this was actually a toxic thing about culture and it isn't preached in Islam at all. So I think it's so, so important to learn the Quran for yourself, learn what Dean tells you and the divine reasoning behind it, because, you know, we can't hold anyone up on a pedestal. Everyone is only human. So regardless of what we're taught, we have to learn for ourselves. And that, that goes back to the essence of the Quran, like the first word revealed being ikra, to, you know, educate yourself, keep learning, learn, not just like learn from your parents, of course, also learn from others learn from scholars, learn from, you have, you have the Quran translated in so many different languages, learn from that, listen to podcasts, um, just keep an open mind to always learning and unlearning simultaneously. Yeah, so honestly, I think the biggest takeaway from this podcast must just be educate yourself, educate yourself as much as you can, R learn from the Quran, learn from the Hadith, just Try to understand and find a balance between this world and your deen. See it as a means to kind of, um, like this life is a means for a greater life. It's a temporary journey and you have to make the most of it. And you're only going to be able to make the most of it if you start to free yourself from the shackles of different biases that you may have grown up learning, um, dif different ways of learning and opening your mind up to, to the truth. And that truth can be subjective. It can, it just means that to keep learning and to keep educating yourself in whatever means possible. And learn the truth for yourself and share it with others. Share it with your family, share it with your parents. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You can... I feel like a lot of parents, even just living here now for a while, I think they've also started like understanding the wrongs that happened back home. And they're actually trying to change their life for, a, you know, for the better. So whatever it is, you should always try to like anything that you learn, any good knowledge that might be beneficial to anyone else around you, definitely like share it around. Exactly. And also always focus on what is in your control, because there's a lot of things and sometimes you may be dealing with someone to be really, really stubborn, but just focus on what is in your control. Um, if you feel like someone isn't listening to you, or if you aren't able to kind of change someone's opinion, um, you did what was in your control. And the most you can do, leave it to Allah, make dua for them, make dua for your, their guidance. Um, and never, like, never jump to harsh judgments about anyone, because you never know, like, you never know what anyone's been through. So give them that benefit of the doubt. Maybe tomorrow would be the day that, you know, Allah guides them, because it's such a beautiful feeling when you're finally able 
to free yourself from the way you were once taught about religion or the preconceived notions that you had about religion to the actual truth about religion and truly falling in love with it, falling in love with, you know, the way Allah shows mercy on everyone, um, falling in love with just this sense of forgiveness and um, thought that every single day, like, it's a new chance. Like, we didn't even know if we were going to wake up this morning. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you brought up um, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that is so important because, again, like, um, the example of gossiping that you gave, I feel like you can fall into a lot of sin if you form certain um, certain ideas of somebody and, you know, you kind of just start basing your actions around how you think someone else is and maybe you start treating them um, lesser than you treat someone else, you know, that can be a huge form of sin for you. And, you know, you don't want to fall into that type of stuff because yeah, at I the don't... end, that's not going to help you. And it's not just the fact that it's sin, like it's going to eat you up at night, kind of mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, like you talk bad about someone and you never actually know what's truly in their heart. Like sometimes I will make the mistake, um, may Allah forgive us all. But then I find myself just making draw for them because I'm like, you know, like I don't know what's actually in their heart. Like it's so hard to kind of stop things that we've grown up seeing, grown up um, kind of seeing people do, um, engaging in maybe ourselves, but to draw that, um, to draw our own boundaries for the sake of, you know, like, what if that was us? Like, what if we were the ones someone being talked bad about? Like, no one would like to hear someone talking bad behind their back. So why are we engaging in it, you know? Exactly. And since you don't know the truth, just don't say anything about it. Let them do them and you do you. You know, don't ruin your akhira talking bad about somebody else. You know, they they can deal with it. They can find the better for themselves. And you know what? It's not even wrong to like, if you think that someone is on the wrong path, give them a little bit of guidance. Say it in the most kind and appreciative words that you can and give them the support if they're Sincerity, looking for exactly mm-hmm. because if you bash someone you never know you might just push them even farther away from religion yeah. and that's the last thing you want I feel like um culturally um we see like people being bashed and stuff for what they're doing in their personal lives but that is something that we should stop like if give people the benefit of the doubt and wish well on them if you see someone who may not be um adhering to like your kind of view on religion just make dua for them make like pray that allah not only guides you but guides everyone in like the ummah in its entirety completely okay so i think we'll end the podcast right here um this was an amazing podcast and I loved talking about everything that we talked about today and I think it's such an important topic to bring up because honestly in our previous podcast we have kind of hinted towards culture and you know relearning religion but we didn't really have like a specific episode just to talk about this and I feel like one episode just dedicated to culture and understanding identity was 
amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak on this. Um, I think this is such an important topic, especially for first-generation um, Canadian Muslims or even immigrant Canadians who are trying to, you know, like learn about their deen while also learning to draw that fine line between culture and religion. There's so many mm -hmm. benefits to culture, but at the same time, we have to take away the positives and eradicate the negatives for you know future generations and just trying to set an example mm -hmm. and i hope um there was someone out there that found this beneficial and was able to apply this into their own life and may allah forgive us for anything that we said that wasn't right or may have come off as wrong i mean i mean and yeah um Till next time, inshallah. Um, stay tuned to our podcast and we'll catch you in the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Assalamu alaikum.